Hi, everyone. You're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show hosted by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and me, Hunter Buren. Sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to the PR Hangover podcast. Today we have Amandari and Frank on the podcast. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Do you want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Hi, I'm Amandari Karaka. I'm a senior here at Grand Valley, majoring in advertising and public relations, emphasis in PR, and then uh, minor in Spanish. Graduating in April and I'm kind of nervous. Don't really know what I'm doing after, but here we are. Yeah. I'm Frank Blossom, and I'm an affiliate professor. I teach uh, in the School of Communications and focus on advertising classes. Pretty much every advertising class that we have, I've taught or am teaching. Mm-hmm. So the focus of today's podcast, Amandari, as you mentioned, you're graduating this semester. So we really want this to be a conversation between the two of you see what all the questions that you have running through your mind right now I know there's so many and just have Frank because you're so prolific in this industry just that and you've taught so many people here just to answer those questions sure Yeah. yeah okay yeah well I guess thank you both for like well a having me and then coming to help so I think the biggest thing on my mind right now is I definitely want to move out of Grand Rapids ideally I'd want to move out of state and I'm very, I think, overwhelmed as to, A, how to go about it. How do I, where do I apply? How do I make connections? And most of all, how do I make, like, an impact from, like, Grand Rapids? Specifically, I want to go to San Francisco, and I guess I don't know how to, like, stand out from West Michigan. So. Okay. Uh, I think your starting point is, is important mm-hmm. in that uh, not so much thinking about where you want to work, but where you want to live. Okay and what sort of environment is going to be one that satisfies you. Because you will work for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. but there's the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And are you looking for uh, wide open spaces and beautiful nature or more energy and mm-hmm. urban environment, uh, lots of restaurants, events, sporting mm-hmm. activities, you know, whatever it is. And so my first advice is pick where you want to live. Mm-hmm. And then once you, and you may narrow that down to, sounds like you're pretty set on San Francisco, yep. but it could be San Francisco, Portland, mm-hmm. Seattle. Um, and then, okay, what are the opportunities in those cities? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how many connections, uh, networking can I establish? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some tips on that is one, uh, we have a great database of alumni. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you can identify through them here are all the alumni from Grand Valley who live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might even be able to segment that even more. Here are alumni living in San Francisco working in communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where also LinkedIn can come, where yeah, you yeah. can sure. push out through that mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully get alumni. Oh, I remember what it was like when I was starting right. out. Yeah. And I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure, let me give you some advice or tips okay. or that sort yeah. of thing. So I guess, follow up, how would you like reach out and like make that initial contact? I guess you have to kind of ask for something. I guess what would that be that you're asking for? I would be pretty blunt. I'm asking okay. for help. Okay. Um, 
I love the idea of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in, you know, I don't know, kayaking or skiing, yeah. running or whatever it is. And uh, I want to work in this sort of industry or these mm-hmm. kind of companies. Uh, what would be your advice? Okay. Uh, and then advice on areas to look at for housing, mm-hmm. uh, other you know, is there an alumni association out there from Grand Valley? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, look, again, look at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. I think, is a great respected source, mm-hmm. and you reach a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then also, uh, say if you wanted to go into advertising, then uh, there is a San Francisco Ad Federation Ad Club. Okay. Uh, I would search them out uh, on, um, they got to have a website. Yeah. And... Uh, they may even have a student membership or a first-time younger membership, mm-hmm. but get connected with them. Go to some of their meetings. Okay. Uh, get your uh, job gear, you know, mm-hmm. business cards and resumes and that sort of thing, so that at these events mm-hmm. you can, you know, pass them out okay. uh, and have a strategy at the events. Who do I want to meet? Okay. Uh, a lot of times, if it's an event, if it's some of the event sources, mm-hmm. there'll be a list of who's attending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once you've got your location, then put together, here's my hit list. Here are the 10 companies that I would love to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and start building a relationship with them. And letting them know that you're moving out there, mm-hmm. you went to Grand Valley, blah, 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 and so forth. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that uh, I have found is that people, uh, employers, respect the work ethic of the Midwest. Okay. Uh, and uh, Grand Valley's not what I would call a, a name brand advertising communication school. We have a yeah. great department, but it's not one of the top five in the country. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have a good liberal arts education is positive and that uh, you want to work. So those are things. And then, you know, in terms of putting your resume together, tailor that to the target Mm -hmm. audience. So you may have one resume that you would be giving to Google. You might have another resume that you'd be giving to uh, a different agency. Uh, But make them feel that your resume is tailored to them. Okay. Companies do not want to hire people who want a job. Mm-hmm. They want to hire people who want to work for them. So how do you show that you want to work for them yeah. and tailor your materials mm-hmm. that show you, you've researched them, uh, you've looked at their website and more, you know about their mission, their values, their people, their clients, mm-hmm. as opposed to one size fits all. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, what would you say, like, if you're going, if you're graduating, what would you say is one really important thing that you think you should have under your belt that not many people would think to have under their belt? What? Okay. The thing that I find more and more companies look for is what did you do besides going to class? Mm-hmm. What? part-time jobs, internships, special projects, have you done? What shows that you really want to get better or know more about advertising, PR, social media, whatever the the field is? Mm -hmm. But 
going to college, getting a degree are table stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. Uh, and one of the things that I, I see a lot of with student resumes is the first thing that they list is their college and their major and maybe even their grade point. It should be the last. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to hear you're a student, you've slugged through this, you've paid them <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at professionals' mm-hmm. resumes, uh, they never lead with that. That's the last thing on their resume. Mm-hmm. And what they lead with is what experiences have you had? What internships have you had? Part-time jobs, projects, volunteer opportunities. What shows that you are a worker, uh, that you do more than just get sort of the bare minimum? Uh, and often uh, you may have two or three, four internships. Um, this is a, a booklet that I can't show you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I wanted to put something together to help students mm-hmm. in terms of preparing. And so uh, I cherry-picked seven students who 30 days after they picked up a, their diploma were picking up a paycheck. And I said, what'd you do? How'd you do that? Yeah. Um, and so we put uh, a booklet together uh, with Diane Teal, who's a student designer, of their stories and tips and advice and things that they have done um, and then relating those things that they did to getting a better understanding of uh, psychology, people's motivation, mm-hmm. communication. Uh, but uh, And so rather than me saying it, I thought it would be more effective than have students say, this is what I did. Yeah. Uh, and that this gives you an idea of a little bit of a game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the key is have a strategy okay. uh, uh, for your job. And then... Uh, my pet expression is, uh, it's a job to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, like a job, go to work every day. What are you doing today to prepare for interviewing, mm-hmm. networking, following up? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, delegate part of your time. I'm going to spend an hour mm-hmm. every day or two hours a week or something so that you keep going to it, you refresh it, you mm-hmm. build a list. Uh, of companies, contacts, all that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess another question of mine that I have is, when is like the right time to start applying for jobs? I think I've heard multiple things. Like, I'm graduating in April, so I've heard people who have started in December. I've heard people who are starting in March. And I guess... The earlier, the better. Okay. Um, and even though you're not graduating until uh, the end of April, mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can start now or start okay. in December and contact the companies that you want to work for okay. or people that you want to meet. Let them know I'm graduating in April, mm-hmm. uh, but I really want to uh, meet you, take a tour, informational interview, mm-hmm. find out more about your company from you mm-hmm. and start building a relationship Okay. so that then when you actually ask them for a date, they know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh yeah, she's been bugging us for yeah. three months now and sending <laughs> us updates, asking our opinion, mm-hmm. getting feedback, as opposed to waiting till April when everybody else okay. does it. Yeah. Uh, what I'm finding this semester is uh, a higher number of students than usual mm-hmm. are already getting jobs. Okay. Uh, and it may start out, I'm going to do an internship. Yeah. 
for the next two months, mm -hmm. yeah. and then when the summer comes or May comes around, mm -hmm. I can then move into a full-time position. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can start too early. I mean, okay. I, I, I know students who started in their junior year. Okay. And started following companies, mm -hmm. following people, building yeah. a relationship. That makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking because I was like, oh, I can't apply yet. Like, my resume is just going to get, like, lost in this pile if it's too early. But that makes a lot more sense if I, like, provide yeah, yeah, a lot more strategy to it. Yeah. yeah, the pile is smaller now. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know, you send something to Joe Blow at, at mm -hmm. Could be Silverstein and Partners. Mm -hmm. They may not have a position, mm -hmm. but they know other people in the industry and in the business that mm -hmm. they socialize with who may say, yeah, we're looking for blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. they say, oh, I get this stuff from this young woman, Amandari. You should talk to her, mm -hmm. uh, but okay. let your network work for you. Okay. I like that. So one thing that I was thinking going into this podcast, because I'm a junior right now, I don't graduate until another year. What would you say is the most important thing for a freshman to do, for a sophomore to do, and for a junior to do, just to get prepared for life after graduation? Okay. Uh, for freshmen, it's pretty tough. Uh-huh. Because uh, most freshmen don't know what they want to do. Yeah. I, I did a little bit, but, but not as well as I should have. Um, so start getting smarter about the industry. If you want to work in advertising, then think about what are the types of jobs. Uh, there's copywriting, there's art direction, there's strategic development, there's research, there's media, mm -hmm. um, there's content creation, there's event marketing, there's lots of different things. Get a good sense of what might be involved uh, and what kind of companies do that um, so that you can uh, I want to do this sort of job. Yeah. Um, and uh, companies do not hire young generalists because mm -hmm. you just don't know enough. Yeah. And your job has been going to school. They may want an assistant media planner or a, uh, a junior copywriter or uh, a research person. So make their job easier by being more specific mm -hmm. in what you want to do. But I think the biggest thing is uh, sort of eventually you want to connect the dots. Each dot is a network. So your job as a freshman, sophomore, junior, how many dots can you collect? How many people know about you? Mm -hmm. It used to be that what you knew was important. It still is, but everybody, there are a lot of people who know just as much as you do. Uh, and then it was... Who know you know who do you know who do you know in the business that's important but what's more important is who knows you mm -hmm. um, because they can be advocates they can be representatives teleagents for you essentially so uh, how do you get out there and get noticed uh, one you go to events uh, you follow up you have a strategy mm -hmm. uh, you engage people that you meet at the events you know tell me you want to get together get their opinions on maybe a project you're doing or the industry, uh, you know, buy them a cup of coffee. Um, the other thing is get on LinkedIn. Yeah. Professionals are on LinkedIn. Forget about Facebook. That's, that's for your social stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be treated as a professional, act like one. Uh, get on LinkedIn. And then what I'm seeing more and more is get something about you out, whether it's on YouTube Here's your perspective on the Super Bowl. 
here's your thoughts on content marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, here's your kind, you know, here's your perspective on what happened with this company or this campaign. But put your point of view out there, and people will find it. Um, in one of our classes, we do uh, a project where they have to explain content marketing. And what I found uh, on, on YouTube is a number of projects that students did explaining content marketing. And look at, they get 5,000 views. They get yeah. 10,000 views. They get 700 views. Mm -hmm. These are people who know about them and the fact that the student had uh, enough smarts and enough uh, gumption to put something out there, people will see it. It's kind of how LinkedIn works uh -huh. in terms of people search out you uh, so that you don't have to search out them all the time. Yeah. I guess going off of this LinkedIn thing and using like your network and whatnot, I personally have this like, I think overwhelming fear of just like reaching out to people on LinkedIn. like. Hi, I see you do this. Uh -huh. I like want to learn from you, but I think obviously the worst thing they can do is just not respond. But what would you say or what advice would you give for just kind of like getting over that fear? Like what could you say to make it not awkward, not seem so forced and just like not make these connections seem like you're using them almost? Okay, good point. Get used to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that in a lot of ways, asking for someone's help or asking for their opinion or what do they think about this, it's a subtle form of flattery. Okay. You value their, mm -hmm. and some people will blow you off, mm -hmm. but others will say, hey, here's some young person who had the guts to ask me this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna respond, because I know what it was like to be 22 years old mm -hmm. and you know, feared about talking to real people and professionals. Um, mm -hmm. It's also, if you don't ask, nothing will happen. Yeah. The worst that can happen if you ask is they say no, which is where you were before. Mm -hmm. But I find that people in the business, especially ad business, PR people, they feel your pain. They okay. felt it when they were getting out mm -hmm. of school. So, uh, especially with Grand Valley grads, mm -hmm. more than helpful in wanting to help other of our grads. Mm -hmm. yeah. So ask for it. Okay. Um, and don't become a persistent pain in the ass, <laughs> but give them a chance. They may not respond today because you're low on their priority, mm -hmm. but follow up, mm -hmm. uh, send them things you'd like their opinion on. I think this about this, what do you think? I'm working on this project um, and I'm developing this persona for this target. Does this make sense for you? Mm -hmm. um, and give them a chance to give you help okay. uh, in terms of, you know, what was their strategy when they got their job? How mm -hmm. did they get their job? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, see if you can learn from their experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and in most cases, I find people will be helpful. Okay. Uh, but also, it's just they, uh, in a lot of ways, admire, right, you had the guts to ask me. You know, 99% of everybody else is sitting in a corner waiting for me to go to them. Mm -hmm. Here's someone who reached out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, never underestimate the power of a thank you note. Um, yeah. So few people do it that those that do, it makes a big impression. And when you mm -hmm. talk to professionals, whether they're prospecting for a client or a new hire, they do that mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and it's another touch point. It's another way to connect 
Um, and the fact that so few people do it makes such a big impression, those who do it. Definitely, yeah. Because I think, I think like, uh, yeah. often um, in my classes, I'll have a guest speaker. Mm -hmm. And I'll follow up the next class and say, how many people sent, you know, John a thank you note? Two people out of 30. Well, mm -hmm. that's why those two people get noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other 28, you know, what were you not thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things I've learned from you, actually. I think in every interview or, yeah, like, conversation I've had with a, like, working professional, it's something that I always get, like, recognition for, so. Yeah, and a strategy with that is that you're in the interview and, and you're meeting with the person or you're having a cup of coffee mm -hmm. or whatever it is, and you're kind of amped up and, and nervous, uh, and you go through stuff, and, and you walk out of it, and you say, oh, crap, I should have asked about this, or I mm -hmm. just thought about this. Your thank you was an opportunity. Thanks yeah. for meeting with me today, Armandari. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the conversation, learning more about blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what? What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Or this is a question I should have asked. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? So it gives you another point to then get another meetup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, that shows that you were thoughtful mm -hmm. and you had stuff that you wanted to cover, but you maybe didn't get to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the tips that a couple of recruiters uh, and high-end recruiters who deal with, you know, vice president, senior level positions, and, and they advise all of their clients, when you're going into an interview, have a list of questions, maybe 10, mm -hmm. typed up, bring it into the interview, uh, maybe even send it to the person in advance. You may not get to all 10, but the fact that you came in prepared makes an impression upon them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, as a follow-up, uh, you know, great talking to you today, Armandari. We, you know, we talked about this, this, and this. I got some other questions. Do you have time to follow up on these? Mm -hmm. uh, but it gives you a logical reason to learn more from them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, again, remind them you respect their opinions. Mm -hmm. What do you think the value is of typing the questions up when you do something like that over just writing them handwritten? It looks more professional. Okay. It looks more prepared. You actually mm -hmm. took the time to type this up. Mm -hmm. And print it out. And print yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, and most people have crappy handwriting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, what would the impression, someone walks in with you and mm -hmm. they've got a piece of paper and they've got handwritten questions. Mm -hmm. Somebody else comes in and here's a typed up list. Okay. Looks a lot. What's cleaning. your perception of those two people? Totally different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one person could have just scribbled them five minutes before. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're asking questions, uh, one of the, the key things is do not ask any questions which could have been answered by looking at their website. Because mm -hmm. it's a huge red flag. This dodo didn't even look at our website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. you can follow up. I noticed on your website this, this, and this. Can you tell me more about this? But something that shows that you did some research that mm -hmm. you prepared. Yeah, I feel like saying I noticed on your website, that's a great idea because then that just shows them right away that you've actually been looking into them. Yeah, and I can remember a couple of times where students checking out a website found an error. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Whether it was a typo, whether mm -hmm. it was a misspelling, whether it was a word that was left out. And they found a way to professionally mention that in the mm -hmm. interview. You know, I was looking at your website and... Uh, I wasn't quite clear about this. Did, did a word get left out here or another way of spelling this, blah, 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 and so forth? 
and it shows attention to detail. Mm -hmm. You found a way to bring it up. You're not, you know, blasting, saying you stupid mm -hmm. schmucks. You, you yeah. misspelled this. Yeah. yeah. But it's helpful to them. Mm -hmm. and, and in several cases, that was the difference. Mm -hmm. This person found this mistake, mm -hmm. helped us out, did it in a positive, professional way. Mm -hmm. Our website is now better because of this person. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to hire this person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, never be afraid to have a point of view or a different way of seeing something. Find a professional way to tell them, you know, they've got mm -hmm. an egg on their face. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is another like very personal question. I guess like in interviews, I've personally noticed that I'm very bad at demonstrating my value, like how I can bring value to the company. It's always like, I wanna learn, I just wanna get better. I really just wanna learn from you. And so how can I transition the conversation from, oh, I'm really interested in learning and like gaining from your conversation to I can benefit you in these ways? That's a smart point of view to have. Because again, companies are hiring you to make their company mm -hmm. better, stronger, mm -hmm. and essentially make their job easier. So uh, in your strategizing, figure out what are my strengths? Mm -hmm. What do I bring to... Um, Haney McKendry, what do I bring to mm -hmm. Leo Burnett? Mm -hmm. uh, look at their website, get some clues in terms of things that they value. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm a big believer in the power of stories. Yeah. And so uh, create some stories mm -hmm. about experiences that you've had, learning that you've had, that demonstrate a quality. So mm -hmm. you don't have to say, I'm really good at attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you a story. And in telling the story, it says, Amandari is really good at attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And it's much more believable and credible. Instead mm -hmm. of, I, 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 I do this, yeah. I'm great, I all this. Exactly. Here's a story about something I actually did, what I learned, mm -hmm. and what it demonstrates. And it okay. may be something where you uncovered something, you mm -hmm. discovered, it may be something where you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And what did you learn from that mistake? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a little bit more uh, human. You know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. I make mistakes, but I learn from them, and I don't mm -hmm. make those same mistakes again. Definitely. Thank you, yeah. Um, my last final one, I kick myself all the time, but I don't have a portfolio, actually. Nothing I've ever interviewed for has necessarily required it. So I thought I would come to the master and ask, what should my portfolio kind of entail? What should be in it? Okay, uh, the portfolio is a demonstration of how you think, okay. how you approach problems. Um, uh, uh, if it's on the creative side, it's, you know, how do you express things, how do you communicate, how do you, if it's copywriting in terms of headlines, body mm -hmm. copy, all that sort of thing, art direction, design, concept, mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. But that's just on the creative side. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're looking at account service or uh, strategic services, research, media, what projects do you have? It may be uh, school assignments that relate mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. that you can show that, again, demonstrate how you approach a problem, mm -hmm. um, how you solve the problem, mm -hmm. uh, the materials. To, yeah. What do you want to say about you? Okay. What do you want them to know about you? What examples can I show mm -hmm. that demonstrate that? Okay. And sometimes it's maybe a spec thing that you put together. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a problem that I see uh, this company making. This would be how I would handle it. Okay. Or here's how to generate a, a multimedia campaign in terms of these touch points. If the mm -hmm. target audience was uh, teenage boys, mm -hmm. 
these are the things that I would use to reach them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sometimes it's creating the project to make a statement about you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. Good. I learned a lot. I'm yeah, definitely. You did too. Oh, yeah. I'm is, very excited. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Well, I think that get started. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then look for those experiences, uh, whether it's in class, whether it's out of class, whether it's in the prep project, whether it's something that maybe you're doing with your church or your sorority, fraternity, uh, that show your skills. And mm -hmm. then don't be afraid to put that together, but be strategic in what you're showing. Mm -hmm. And then ask for advice. Uh, we don't do much in terms of career advice, specific. We have the career services, which is great, but it's pretty broad. Yeah. And so if you want to go into chemistry or you want to go into advertising or you want to go into social work, specialize more mm -hmm. uh, and get smarter about it uh, and look at... Uh, there are a ton of websites and tutorials out there about different career fields and put stuff together. And talk to people in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you want to go into dentistry? Talk to your dentist. Yeah. You know, what did he mm -hmm. do or she do to get in? Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we've got, I think, a very uh, generous advertising and PR community here in Grand Rapids. Uh -huh. uh, and yeah. that... Uh, I have never seen an indication where they totally blew off a student or somebody. Mm -hmm. They may not have time right now, but eventually they'll get around to it. Um, so be respectful of their time and find a way to engage them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you for everything. This was, yeah, like Hunter said, very helpful for me, and I'm very eager to kind of take what I've learned and apply it. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and make sure to tune in next time for GBSU's PR Hangover with Hunter Buren. Bye.